0: If you're an Amazon Prime member, remember that you do have a free subscription to Twitch every month that can be used for this. And for those of you who are already subscribers, thank you again for your generosity. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome to Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on October 18th, 2019, over on twitch.tv slash Focus Fire Chat, as we continue our discussion over Icdysis. This particular episode will serve as what we have come to call the advanced session of the week's exploration. Congratulations to those who have signed up for a deeper dive. Before we go any further, however, let's run through a quick introduction of who all we have with us on the show. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86
1: and this is the Newberry's Guide to the New Lore Berries. I mean, music lover. That one was off the top of the head. I didn't the have new, it written down. The New Lore Berries. The, new, the Newberry's Guide to the New Lore Berry. Because we're shaking this tree of lore and we're going to get you guys filled with some great lore bits. I don't know.
0: Yeah, let's not go there. Uh, yeah. So, and last but definitely not least, in the hot seat as guest goes, we have our good friend Dancing Viru. Viru, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm I'm slowly losing it with the with the with the hashtag lost life. <laughs> <if> I... uh-huh. <laughs> uh, no, Start I'm, I'm following
0: hashtag D two lost life. <laughs> <laughs> should be a good time. Oh man! Well. <laughs> Enough with the chatter. Let's go ahead. I know everyone's kind of looking forward to diving into this discussion in particular. So let's get right into it. Uh, And this week, I'm actually going to take another break. I know we took a break last week from Lost Lore, but this week's Lost Lore, I think I'm going to actually kind of sprinkle throughout the episode because as we go through the individual entries of ecdysis there are a couple terms that I kind of want to just call out as we talk about them Uh, and and I think that's going to be the easiest way to do it instead of trying to do all of them up front you know just kind of naturally go through them so with that being said I think that the easiest way really is kind of just to to talk from the very beginning uh, to So the very first entry, we have nine entries, uh, which I found kind of funny because mm-hmm. of the content of this. But uh, the nine entries are Seeds and Cuttings. Uh, let me make sure I get these right. Seeds and Cuttings, Chords of Meaning, Risen, Warhammer, Question After Question, Queen's Law, Debt, synth- Synthesia, and Scales. Um and so I think what would be the easiest way is, like I said, just kind of where my, my thought is just to walk through each one, kind of do like a quick summary. And then I, I've kind of, I have a list of notes or a term of terms of note that I kind of called out. I don't know if you guys have, uh, any of your own, um, or if you want to just kind of go off the list that I threw in the, in the show notes, but, um, does that sound like a good, I, good yeah, game plan for you guys? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So seeds and cuttings, and and to be fair, I don't think we should. I don't think we're going to read them. I think I'm just going to summarize no. them because I think a lot of the conversations are actually going to be on those terms and the and especially later the the actual summaries of what happened. Um, one of the reasons that I think a lot of people like within the the deeper lore community kind of like Dysis. We were talking about this in chat a little bit earlier, but I think one of the reasons is this is one of the few books, this is one of the few sets of entries actually that actually give us a semi-concrete time frame as to when and how often things are happening in here. Um I think Dino had thrown out the number about 420 421 years, 421 mm-hmm. years throughout the, the work of it. Um, I, I never I didn't get it down to that specific of a number, but I know that I I had a similar, I had a roughly similar number, um, like a general like four or five hundred years. Uh, and so that that's again it's something that's not been super common throughout the pretty much the entirety of Destiny. So it's nice to kind of get a little bit of a, a an idea of the scope of what's going on. Um. So anyways, to jump in, uh, Seeds and Cuttings is really an introduction to not just the overall character that we're going to be following, but actually the ex- explanation of the Awoken transformation from a perspective other than the major characters that we've seen so far. Uh, so we have a human who goes by the name of Nasa Sarwar. Uh, who then will become a, a Woken, who goes by the name of nassan R. And basically, she was a... She, she was basically a nobody, really, when she was on Yang Liwei. And Yang Liwei was the big ship that was trying to leave the solar system. Uh, they were trying to be... They were trying to kind of just get away from everything, really. And so she was actually... She was... Going on the ship, she had managed to win a lottery, uh, and that was really how she got on the ship. Was she was she won a, a lottery ticket, and she came on as a a group of people who are known as the Scoperis, uh which are basically the the janitors. Uh, they were they were just jan they were the janitors for the entire thing. Um, and so she was actually one of the very few people, even at that point, who could speak multiple languages. And that was, and I think it was actually quad, quadrilingual. Um, and so she said that, you know, it's, it's noted. Uh, interesting thing here is that the entire book is actually third person, but it's from, it's from this weird perspective of Nasa, Nissan, or Orin, as she's later come to know. Um but yeah, and you know, chat saying like one one lottery ticket changed her fate, really. Um and so unlike unlike many of the scoperas uh who were born mono monolingual so they could only speak one language, Nis, uh Nasia is quadrilingual. Uh so she actually started to teach the other scoperas around her how to communicate with each other. And that's how she she was already kind of at that, even at that age period of her life she was already kind of a a a pseudo diplomat a pseudo emissary really um and we know that from this entry she is 27 years old at the time um it's also in this entry that she transforms into an awoken and she awakes in the distributary and she names herself nassan r uh we do get a nod to the uh, silver jar piece um which will become it's a, it's an important kind of like talisman that comes later, but it's, it's when she becomes an awoken, uh, she kind of goes into a S a sense of, um, she just she's a free spirit. She she wanders and she kind of finds her place to a tree, and then she builds a home. And basically, she's just open. She just shares whatever whatever people who are passing by the other awoken needs. She is open. She has an open house, you know, whatever. And slowly through this, it grows into a village. Um, and it's after this grows into a village, and after it's kind of solidified as a community, that she actually starts getting claustrophobia uh and so she just walks away basically uh she she doesn't she she feels shackled it says to the earth and so she just leaves uh, and she takes up the wandering again which is when she meets green's favorite character or one of green's favorite character sure <clears throat> who is not zur she's s-j-u-r if
1: you are
0: worried about what he's trying to say and <laughs> understand It's fine. so it's not it's not sure it's sure. Uh sorry, I just I just throw back again to that conversation in, in chat the other day. Um but yeah, so so she meets sure at the time. Now this was prior to uh sure's hunting of Mara. So at this time she was still a paladin. Uh, she had not yet betrayed the, uh, I think it was Elise at that time. Uh, that had not happened anything yet. Then yeah, she becomes, then she, then she gets introduced to the Diasrim, who the Diastrem was a prime a prominent figure in the, what would become later known as the Theodicy Wars. Uh, Nassan actually meets this character, this figure before the Theodicy Wars. Uh, and the diastream is the one that actually identifies her as a translator and as a, as a diplomat and, uh, you know, that, that type of, uh, mediator. Um, and she calls her out she's like, you know, Hey, no, you, you can help. Like this is, you know, she says, I've been watching you since you arrived. People look to you when they're fighting and you try to understand each side before you try to help. When you speak, you do it deftly without condescension. It seems to me that you lend people grace when you help them explain themselves. And, um, you know, then she goes on and she says, don't sell yourself short. Anyone can break up a fight. Few people can so clearly grasp the spirit of a thought, then rephrase it so that deaf ears hear it. Gifts like that can end wars. Uh, and, and I think that's an that's a interesting line because it, you keep it in your back of your, your brain as we talk about yeah. the rest of this. That's a line that she really takes to heart. Um, you know, and even as the emissary, she still holds on to that thought very strongly. Uh, and so, it's and good. then
1: it's a really important. Role. Oh yeah, well, and it's and it's a medi- a, not only just a mediator, but somebody who can can uh, see both sides of the coin. Right,
0: right, mm-hmm. and that's that's something that will follow her. Not even, not even in her emissary position, but even as her her position within the awoken uh she that is something that is very very prominent in her um in her existence there uh the ending of the card is basically th- uh, the wrapping up of the Theodicy wars uh and and again nassan is using her her ability of speech and her ability to mediate um <clears throat> To heal, she she tries to mend. She's trying to help her her. She says, her friends urge her to speak publicly to help people on a grander scale. But Nasan believe, believes the most effective change happens in groups of fewer than ten. Uh, she is she helps the awoken to mend. She's trying. She says even though the killing has stopped, the wounds remain.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, something that I found it's really interesting how this ends uh, th- this page, the last sentence, uh, mm-hmm. 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 Uh, <laughs> like fewer Boy, wait, than what? ten. What that fewer is...
0: than ten? What's fewer than yeah, ten? That's,
2: that's very very specific. The, a- uh, the
0: effect of change happens in groups of nine. <laughs>
2: yeah. Do
1: you think that was a deliberate call out? I I don't. Do I mean, I go back and forth.
0: I think it was slightly deliberate, um, simply because we had the emissary before. It, this isn't a this isn't a case of like the book was or the entries were written and then they introduced the character and we watched the character grow. We already had right. growth on this character when we got this book, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, for that purpose, I kind of think that was. I, I want to say that was slightly intentional.
2: I get the okay. feeling it
0: was. Mm-hmm
2: okay uh, i i have an idea but uh i'll leave it to to the end yeah if i the,
1: i um, yeah. i think so too because mine's more snarky let's go yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so real quick uh, a couple of things you kind of we kind of hear is we kind of hear some stuff about like the technology that they have uh you hear the different uh, social classes within the entry. You have alters. You have the scoperas, which we talked about. Uh, we know that at this point in the human development, we had cryopods. There's this really cool thing called a myoelectric augment, which yeah. uh, I'm <laughs> like, I'm sorry, that sounds awesome. Uh, which is yeah, basically that's... it's uh, it's like an embedded. I got the sense that it was an it was basically an embedded music player. Is that kind of what you guys were uh, hearing?
2: I I think um my what's the word myo referring to again? I feel so like, like know that myo much.
0: so like myoelectric is um it's so it's like, like a the, muscle yeah it, it's basically something that's it's in nerves. your muscle it's it's yeah so you have like myoelectric controlled prosthesis. uh. Prosthetics, God, man, I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Prosthetics. So it's basically you have a prosthetic that it's externally powered, but you control with the electric signals generated naturally by your own muscles. So yeah. that's that's where that kind of thing goes to.
1: Just the fact that it's essentially an iPod control, like attached to you, is what it sounds like. Thirty thousand songs and short, short videos, on hand me down. Yeah, my electric augment. I- so it's a screen somewhere, whether or not it's an augment to herself or an augment to a suit, though. I don't know if I would. Do you think it's an actual muscle attachment? Like, do you think it was an augment physically to her? And what is the, fact that,
0: the fact it's that it's called a hand-me-down, I'm not sure. I, I know, like, one of the things with myoelectrics is that they are externally powered. So it's not like it's it's not like it's surgically embedded or anything. Um
1: that's, yeah, that's good because that's creepy otherwise. Well I mean we have yeah. It just just reminds me of uh Blade Blade Runner. Right? Yes. I,
0: yeah.
1: I made a reference. That's I okay. I made it.
0: I made an Inside Out reference earlier. And-
1: yeah, you made a Disney reference. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> I said that like in chat. Depressing. I was like, "Does that count as a Disney reference?"
1: Oh man. Anyway, moving on. My my electric augment, basically iPod that she had with her, mm-hmm. plus her urn and everything. So beyond that, she has the Scopars, mm-hmm. right? So what is that? I don't remember what that was. After.
0: The which one? The Scopars. Just- the mm-hmm. Scopars are the trash, so it's defined as trash collectors, compost, composters, and caretakers devoted to endlessly tidying the many surfaces and people within the Yang that cannot or do not clean themselves. So that's a fun mental image. Um Now, the interesting thing here for me was that she calls out that it is possible through hard work and perseverance that it is technically possible to prove oneself worthy of one uh, of gaining one of the ship's remaining civilian cryopods or a promotion to an auteur position where she believes she'll find the freedom to devote her waking hours entirely to the loving care of the ship's hydroponics facilities.
1: Which the auteur's position was what Mara was when she was on the ship, correct?
2: I believe. She was, yeah, she was one of them. She like, was like yeah.
1: a level, she certain a, level of a,
2: Yeah, she was third class, I believe.
1: hmm uh... So that kind of already puts Mara at a... If if there's a hierarchy on the ship, that puts Mara at a slightly higher higher hierarchy? My goodness, words.
2: Hierarchy, yeah, yeah, um, or at least slightly. Not because plus,
0: third, yeah. third class is I, I don't know if it's necessarily right. the lowest, but it is not the highest. You have third and oh, right. second, yeah. and then first class.
1: Absolutely, yeah. but the amount of freedom that she says she gets from if she were to be an alter.
0: Correct. Just, yeah, and and Mara, this is I think where Mara gets the freedom to you know do her um, space flights. walks. Yeah. yeah, the the uh, live-streaming dying.
1: The tethering.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyway, so she's wanting to get into that position.
0: Right, yeah, which I mean, going from that to, to that higher position definitely makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Once we get onto the Discovery, which is the basically the quote-unquote homeworld of the Awoken, you have comments about uh the diasrim, which we kind of talked about uh the sanguine is another call out here, and the sanguine is a one of the sides that take that take offense in the theodicy war and the theodicy war is basically a giant civil war that rages throughout the awoken population over the translation of um Alice's right I believe if I remember that correctly I can't remember that wholly um I can look real quick but yeah it, it's, it's yeah it was it was the gosh hang on sorry
1: that's okay you're it was the so Elise Lee in the diastrom thing
0: yeah and the so Go for it. sorry uh It says, to end a world with a shot or pen eternity on a blade, to see your sisters lost to rot and their undone works decayed, the death of an immortal wastes the infinite potential of all they might become. An immortal's grief and murder guilt left untended will never fade. Thus it became known to those who fought in the Theodicy War that they had committed an incomparable evil. However, they could not confront their own responsibility, so they rose up in wrath against those who had given them cause, whether by caging them in flesh bodies or drawing blood over grievance. The war continued by spear and bow, by knife and scapel, by old machine and new invention. Ever did the Diastrem's faithful call for the unawaring of Queen Elise Lee. Uh, so there again, Diastrem is kind of the leading force of the, the opposition to the Queen. Um, and this is also where you have Sure, who was originally a paladin of Elise Lee, betray elise and side with the diashram uh because this is where she takes some of the um matter lasers that were not supposed to be used by anybody but paladins um she defected and she took the weapons with her basically uh and basically, the Theodicy War was all hinged around the seed of doubt that Mara was ultimately responsible for planting, in which she hinted that Alice Lee denied them the capability to imagine godhood when they were recreated as the Awoken, because of the misconception that Alice Lee was the first Awoken.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Would that be a good this summary the of secret? Theodicy War?
1: Uh, yeah. I think so. I think that it's, is- it, it gets
0: a little exactly. wonky with the sanguine and the diastryms. I can't remember what their site was because they have, there's like very specific things that they got pissed off with about each other. Um, But it basically, it, it, it basically culminated, especially when one of the paladins sure defected to the diastrym, which basically gave her access to, to, weapons that actually could destroy and kill. Um, Up until that point, it seems like it was just really kind of um, small spats. And then that's when it kind of laser cannons kind of seemed to elevate things.
1: A little bit. Just a little bit. So Yang Liwei was the ship that the, that not only Orin, but also Mara and Aldwyn and all of them were on when they flew out, and the whole event happened that c- caused them to become the Awoken. That's that reference right there. Was there anything else in this card that you thought was important to go over, as far as I don't know definitions or whatnot?
0: Not, not really. I um, no. Uh, the next entry. Or who, did you have anything that you wanted to call out with seeds and cuttings?
2: Um, no, not not necessarily. I have here like an old notes from back when I read it the first time. I can't remember why I marked it, but the thing with bioluminescent worm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I it's I just found it like kind of curious because if you um. Because the stuff here that ties to the marasena, and remember how Maracena starts? Uh, like in, in the shape of metaphor, they um, she uses, um, a, I think, the worm, the introduction. Yes, uh, like, when you and, grab
1: a hold of the, the antenna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, if uh, you yeah, grasp exactly. it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, it's in, it's I don't like know if comes. if this is like a, a theme that is uh, going on here. Uh, like being used here or, or if it's like there's something more to it um. that
1: is interesting yeah. I never connected those two together that this book would be so connected to that one based off of that concept
2: because... well it's uh, you know just also outside of uh, these two how worms are depicted and um. It's just you know it's in the concept of how she's being introduced here. Mm-hmm. She has her 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 seeds and cuttings. Uh, she hopes uh, to take care of the ship's hydroponics facilities, um, and this this yeah this idea of taking care of of uh, plants and and seeding new ones. Uh, we have some other entries that talks about you know um, I believe. Uh, I haven't read uh, all the new stuff, but uh, I believe they follow the 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 type of, of narration that's commentating what the traveler mm-hmm. uh, is doing. Uh, especially you know the thing with the gar- garden and the tree mm-hmm. and silver wings, and sometimes uh, they. Are, I think there's especially one that mentions a worm as well uh
1: that stuff is still technically under wraps as a lot of it is um it's no not i think uh, the, the one i'm right. referring
2: to is, is a very old like the one. First one yeah 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 i think it's a uh, from uh, <laughs> an exotic boots i believe oh hmm. yeah 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 was it? yeah oh, okay.
0: um you're talking about the um bleh. i know which one you're talking about yeah it,
2: it has it, it the has some, some numbers second, in it there. and I think M- MK and then... Yeah, something. MK, MK stand MK-44s? Yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. That's
0: the tree it. in the garden with yeah. silver wings. Ah,
2: yeah. gotcha.
0: Yeah, I knew, yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, wait, I know that one. Yeah, those, those are the ones that are really cool looking. They were actually from The uh, Curse of Osiris.
2: Yeah, yeah it it's just i just found it interesting like every time um a worm is mentioned without uh, any notion of hive uh and especially like the uh the language used and uh you know in uh in reference to to gardening uh find it quite interesting and also disgusting, like biolorms yeah. and worm, like <laughs> I mean, uh, different kind wh- of worms.
1: They've been uh, shoving us into places with lots of different worms, considering the mission on the moon where we have to
2: either oh, go above yeah. if you saw it or uh, crawl
1: through the muck with all the worms.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, not a fan of these level designs. Uh. <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but that's also because I had somebody screaming at me because she didn't want to be anywhere near the water. It was (laughs) fine. (laughs) Who could that be? I wonder. uh, So we should move on. She would have been happy if there were
0: butter alligators. I'm just saying.
1: No, it wasn't Cole. It actually was not Cole. Really? Oh. Yeah. It was somebody else. Okay. All right. All right. So chords of meaning. Yeah. (laughs)
0: um chords of meaning is basically continuation of the awoken story so this is the awoken's return to soul um and then also the schism between the reef and the earthborn and actually nassan attempts to find a middle road between the two groups uh and is basically this is when she is told by mara that she is she is free to choose that but if she leaves the reef then she will be she will be no longer part of the reef. And so she chooses to exile herself in order to try to heal the schism between the two groups. Um, however, sadly, between, in pursuit of this, this pr- project of hers, she is killed in her sleep by a wandering band of Risen, Which and we actually get a location here uh, somewhere east of what's a, an area called New, New Wolge, I think. Um, and I don't remember if I was able to actually find anything about new Wulge. Um, other than it's somewhere around the, I believe it's the Pudget sound in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so yeah, it's just, uh, there's a, there's a voyage, Voyager of Wulge, which is in an old Indian myth. Mm-hmm. Um, so somewhere somewhere up in the pacific northwest which is you know which goes in line with what we kind of later hear about this um uh the term of note here was the long quiet the long unquiet night uh and i'm trying to remember i think that was just another name for the the final night basically of the schism yes it yeah, that's right. Because the long, quiet, the long, unquiet night was the schism, which then was the discovery of the traveler and the fallen, and inevitably turned to riot and to desertion. Yeah, okay. Um, that was, I mean, that's really to kind of for the sake of briefness, that's really these entries are. I, I again would iterate, these entries are worth going back and reading. Uh, For the sake of time, we're Mm -hmm. not going to read. I just want to summarize them. But was there any other major terms or uh, names or anything like that that you guys picked out of Chords of Meaning?
1: I think the biggest thing in this card to me is that Mara says, if you go, you cannot come. Right. Like, she's just saying, that's it. If you're gone, you're gone. Well, now. Anyway
0: yeah and nassan recognizes that and calls it out she says that you know mara has the courage to be disliked and that is uncommon and, but then but then her critique is but it's just as important sometimes to cultivate goodwill and then she's she thinks but she's not saying that out loud yeah oh no no the next part so she says it's cultivate goodwill as good as out loud but then her thoughts she says especially if you've forgotten what it feels like not to know everything <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Calling out we also,
0: we also get sure being very impatient because n- the meaningful silence.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh man.
2: Um I, I'd like to bring attention to something. Um uh phrasing. It's it's in the um entry nine Mm -hmm. Um, it's the way the way she phrases uh, Mara's uh, defense and they're like really interesting words like chosen here Um, um, it says there are so many different truths that ring through Mara's carefully chosen words chords of nuanced meaning that she feels she might be able to separate out into cleaner notes for frightened minds craving simplicity um I find that phrasing really interesting given what we've learned in um one of the newest law book. Um I forgot the name. It's about the hidden swarm. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: uh the interrogation of the damned.
2: Yeah, Wait. yeah. And right? Uh, no
0: Is that is that the I right one, Green? Or am I thinking aspects? of aspects? No aspects. Interrogation is...
1: of the damn is the one with the, the hive. Uh, merging the Hive oh, uh, in, in, inquisition hash,
2: hash yeah yeah inquisition of the damned yeah that's the that's Hive um, experiment with hash
1: ladune and the okay dot daughters and sons of crota yeah,
2: yeah yeah uh especially uh i think it was it was you green who was streaming it i believe mm-hmm. um, when we got to the song of life part
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's what struck me here um like w- when i read that uh, part with the song of life uh like how you can like uh like choose like uh, bits of the songs to, to have, uh, have like a different uh, effect uh that was like really yeah it's uh, that's just um something that I n- noticed. Um, especially yeah. given given the title of this entry, uh, Quotes of Meaning. Mm. How should I use it, that word here. Um,
1: the Song of Life thing, it was the, because the song was not sung perfectly in that yeah, book, yeah. which technically next week is that book for us on the show. So we'll be able to yeah. talk about that then. But the because they could not sing it correctly, it turned, it twisted the power of it, essentially, is the interpretation I had of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, and then you had the person who deliberately twisted it.
1: Of course, as you do, as you do. (laughs) As you do. But, should we move to Risen?
0: Yeah, and so, which which I find an interesting connection here is that it is a band of Risen that kill her, In her sleep. Uh, And then the next entry. Is really her being. Resurrected. Uh, So she's resurrected. And takes the name of Orin. uh, And then she sees her ghost. And she names Gull. And then they make their way south. It's specifically called out that they make their way south. And they come across a village. Where Gull informs her a warlord has pillaged. The village for basically. It's cows. And then out of pretty much from what they can gather just spite or for fear of retribution or whatever, then he set off a nuclear bomb. Um, and this is where Orin gets a taste of how just because Gull can resurrect her doesn't mean that she's invulnerable to damage uh, because she actually experiences radiation poisoning at this point. Um.
2: Quite terrifying, really.
0: Right, yeah. I, it, it's, it's, uh, in it, it, she calls out, like, this is also where you kind of get the sense of, like, her, her, her not innocence, but naivete. Uh, because when mm-hmm. she gets resurrected, she's like, Oh, I need weapons. And so
2: she, oh, yeah. That she goes,
0: <laughs> she picks up a tree branch and she's like, Will this help? And Cole's like, Uh, against the aliens oh no (laughs) probably not oh i love how it's courteous he he pretends to consider it
2: (laughs) yeah i love the next part then she's like i see she says though she doesn't (laughs) (laughs) then she just continues to make the mace
0: she's like (laughs) she doesn't know what they look like but she can't help yeah. thinking if an alien had tried to attack her while she was armed with a stick like this, she would have no trouble crushing a skull.
1: It's kind of adorable. It, it really is. Well, yes, and, then,
0: is, and then and then you is, go on you know, to find you go on to find out that she is a titan. So, so it's like okay, this makes sense. Um, yeah, and so then and then that lead that leads to them finding basically just the remains of this um this village and ba- and he goal kind of says that his guess is that a warlord raided the place for its livestock and then set off a bomb uh she asked why and he, he basically is like no one he was here to stop him um and so and then she makes the comment she's like you know when did it happen and goal is able to say that it happened within 30 within the last 36 hours to which she, her response was well i should have walked faster
1: mm-hmm.
0: um so you start seeing a little bit of her character start shining through here um and then she starts throwing up or she starts throwing up because of radiation poisoning and so goal has goal like shoot i get the image of goal like shooing her like go 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 like Kid out. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She still wants to save them. Mm-hmm. Still wants
0: to... Now did did you guys did anyone ever figure out is there any significance between goal? I know I think it's
1: the G O L.
2: o Uh I don't think so, but the entry definitely tries to hint uh tries to like make us think about it because right because
0: uh, it says that it's like rooted in uh, something
2: yeah. she could not declare its etymology if someone held a knife to her throat so it's yeah it's writer uh, writer's trying to pay us attention to it for some reason
0: like technically but, uh, according to merriam-webster it's a mild oath so i you know, there's mm-hmm. that. So she names yeah. her ghost a curse word. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I had nothing. I had nothing on that one. Um,
1: Marrow deep instinct drives that decision.
0: Hmm. I mean, the other thing is Urban Dictionary. We can go down that rabbit hole if we want to. No, 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 no,
1: no, no.
0: Wait, you don't you don't you don't trust that place? Don't do it. After show. Chat's like after show. <laughs> don't do it. Uh oh, that's a that's a section of the rabbit hole that we're not gonna go into. Uh so the next entry really is Warhammer. Um and this is again, she just kinda you know, she grows uh she grows better at at defending herself. Uh, she gathers she better Bradley. equipment. Yeah, she she learns she how to fire a scorch cannon, which is the best thing. <laughs> the fight scene where she's like, I don't have any bullets left. I'm going to hit them with it. Um, sorry. So she, she gets better equipment, and she starts making a name for herself because she actually starts hunting down warlords. Uh, and this is also when she encounters the fledgling Pilgrim Guard, uh, she She's in a fight in a basically a box canyon, and she has, what was it, seven, no, she, she has some like, or six mercenaries against her. She sees the Pilgrim Guard coming, which is, the at the time, there were only 11 of them, and her response is basically... <laughs> She's a graceless fighter with an unflappably grim resolve, so when they sweep in to help her, she does not immediately recognize them as the cavalry. She sees them coming, considers the odds, then raises her empty scorch cannon to wield as a maul. 17 to 1, she'll try her luck.
1: Sure, why not? I mean, she's never been touted as a fighter. Ever.
0: Like She really I isn't. Love, she's I just, just love the image of, like, no more bullets, we'll just beat them. Like...
1: I mean she is a titan.
0: Oh yeah, no. And well, and we also find out that she is a sunbreaker titan.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh that's actually we find that out from Honor before in uh in the season of the drifter. Um but so it's just it's just to me it's just so funny because it's like wow, you're just you're doubling down on those on those classification that is that is how you see the world. Um, I mean, yeah,
1: it is. But But then,
0: well, and then this is the other thing I love is like when the guard does finally invite her to join them, they're like, here's here's a war hammer, like actually a weapon that kind of fits your style. And one of my favorite parts is what they do to it. They engrave the words. I am the end of all things on the handle. (laughs) I'm like, all right. There you go.
2: Um, why it's, not? It's quite quite an ego boost.
0: <laughs> black Black yeah. Flag in chat. Mall Sunbreaker. Big Hammer. Not the Tink Tink ones.
1: <laughs> still, still, still. Yeah, They're Tink Tink. Annoying. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: this also is where we get. Uh, we we actually see her her lack of memory. Uh, kind of shine through in entry 16 uh, she says that she finally meets a young woman whose skin looks like hers uh, and you you get the sense that Oren has lost some of the communication tact that she might have had prior because she scares the other girl away from her um, and so and basically she's like I i don't we're we're where did you come from? How, like, are there other people like us? You know, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, and you know, this, this young woman is, is obviously scared. She's, she's yeah. Chat and like Tarzan meeting Jane, um, you know, and Orin even notes it's, it's, um, it's been hard for her because every other blue skinned person she has ever seen has either been dead or someone running for a ship. Uh, so you kind of get the sense that they're either scouting or they're, you know, the earthborn are getting just slaughtered.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and then that's when one of the pilgrim guards kind of give her the directions that they, oh, they live up in the the stars and, you know, they live among the asteroids. And she asks the question, well, why aren't they here? And no one has an answer to it. Um, Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is also where we start to get a sense of the time frame that I had mentioned at the very beginning. Uh, entry 17 gives us a time frame of, of decades. Um, mm. their, their number, The numbers of the Pilgrim Guard, Wax and Wayne, uh, Pilgrim Guard's a, a relevant thing even in Shadowkeep because this is actually the order that Veltarlo was a part of. Uh, this is a predominantly hunter, or not hunter, a Titan order. Though there were hunters that joined the Pilgrim Guard, um, because we know that among them, uh, um, the Drifter actually ran with the Pilgrim Guard for a while as well. Uh, and so, yeah, she she I, and then the question here is like, you know, she she has a community, but you know, when she was in the Distributary, she had a community, and she started to feel trapped. Uh, within here, uh, I think it took a, it takes a little bit longer because they they have that that nomadic style of of living. But even here, she starts feeling that claustrophobia. Um, yeah. And I think and she wants to leave. Right.
1: She's, she just she doesn't necessarily understand why, but she doesn't want to be there anymore. Hmm. That's in that last entry of it.
0: Right, 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 right. Uh, whenever they feel, whenever they gather in the evening for dinner, she feels claustrophobic. She just
1: likes small groups, guys. Yeah, she less likes
0: less than ten. Less than ten. Less than ten. It's
2: also um, the like the, the phrasing "little ramshackle community" is being reused again. Uh, mm-hmm. In general, like this book has. Um, sort of a rhythm uh kinda um mm-hmm. uh, which is makes it really quite um like easy to read like uh, it's uh something that I appreciate. Um and also sometimes in, in Lore of Destiny um there are sometimes references to um other literature uh TV shows, movies, um, especially if you're from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. um, or the book. Uh, there are a few here. Um, what is it? Their numbers wax and wane over time, but they are forever the watchers in the dark, the living shield that shelters. Um, there's like a group in Game of Thrones, uh, the Night's Watch. Um, that's like a, a repetitive phrasing they use. Uh, they call themselves the watchers uh, in the wall. And the shield that guards the realms of men. And uh, There was another one earlier: the long, unquiet night. Uh, there's also the long night in um, uh, the, in the history of Game of Thrones. The Clones. long winter. Yeah, yeah, the, the, uh, that that uh, lasted for for years, for generations even. Um, that was very early on in the Grimoire cards from Destiny One, like vanilla. Uh, I believe it was the grimoire card for the awoken uh one of the flavored texts I believe uh, the phrasing a song of uh light and dark was used in uh mm. in reference to the awoken um, so yeah this is something that you see every now and then uh these kind of references uh, repurpose and I love it because uh in the original source they're like they have like a medieval Element and here they are like repurposed for something either you know fantasy or sci-fi. It's, uh, it's uh, something that I like.
1: Absolutely, it's nice how you're you're definitely getting the vibes from Game of Thrones with this one. I yeah. I never made that connection partially because I I've read Game of Thrones. I haven't watched a ton of it myself, but it's I don't know. It's. I don't know if it would be an actual direct reference, but it's definitely a call-out in some respects.
2: Yeah,
1: Using some of the same terminology, at least. Blue, are we ready for the next one? Yeah,
0: so let's talk about question after question. Um, so, this one is really the <laughs> I can't help but call it out
1: She's
0: going already. I know, I know. She takes her leave of the pilgrim guard, whose number at that moment were eight, so she was the ninth uh, to stay at the lost city or the last city. Um, and it's it's largely because it's here that she begins to find other awoken, and she starts to ask them about everything, which is why the entry is called "Question After Question." Um, is because she just starts asking. All the all the questions she has. Um, mm-hmm. The other fun thing is they uh, each one of the pilgrim guards of her friend or her companions, each of them cut cut a notch in the grip of her warhammer until it reads, mm-hmm. "I I I I I I
2: I, <laughs> I am the end of really? all things,"
0: mm-hmm. and I think there's nine eyes.
2: Yeah, yeah, there are nine. so so okay
1: I know we're calling out everything that's nine related so far as far as just the number nine but do we think that that her quote unquote destiny was to become involved with the nine do Uh, we think they had a hand in her, her life at this point or if this is just the writers being cheeky
0: I think this is writers being cheeky okay I mean, I, now I could, I could, I'm I'm open to being wrong, but I really do think that, I I really think that this is just being because we know that we know the end of this story. Like it's it's kind of mm-hmm. those things where you it's it's hard, and of course it's we're calling it out and we're kind of giggling about it because we know the end of it. So it's it's very obvious to us. You know, we're we're actually kind of we're looking for those types of connections too. Mm -hmm. Um, And even the writers, you know, there's an unconscious bias towards putting hints like that in stuff, even if that's not the intent, you know, they, when, again, this isn't a character that, you know, we haven't seen and we're getting introduced to. This is a character that we've been introduced to in game. We've known, we know some of the story about her we know some of her characteristics and this is her origin story after the fact so you know right. from a writing standpoint yeah i think this is just yeah and chat's saying the same thing i think this is just them kind of putting little crumbs to remind us of where this is headed um now that being said you could also you could also play it off as that you know um you could say all the paths led to this decision basically uh but you know i i i personally kind of take it as this is a deliberate breadcrumbing by the the
1: writers i i yeah i agree more on that respect than i do the other one but didn't know if we were going to have any sort of conspiracy theory that there was this was i mean be I, along.
0: right and i and i you know given that we don't know the full extent of the nine's abilities I mean, you could always have that come back, but uh I kinda I kinda take this as a, a little bit of a a little bit of a writer taking liberties. Um the other thing in chat kind of called this out too is that this this officially like we already kind of have an unofficial knowledge of where the last city is. This is mm-hmm. actually this is actually another starting to to officially narrow down, uh, entry eighteen says that they reroute the caravan because the pilgrim guards hears of the last safe city. They reroute the caravan to what's described as the land down south, um, and it's arable, temperate, and with too many indigenous parasites for the fallen to wish it as a customary home. So basically, because of the bugs, they don't like it. Um, That's and again. Fine. Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's yeah, and well, and you kind of get a call out to that too when he when Goal made the comment about the warlord. He said the Fallen never use nuclear weapons because it destroys the land. They don't. They don't like destroying because they they'd rather just, you know, they rather take the it. The
1: Fallen are the uh, are the conservationists.
0: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, and so Chad's talking about, you know, we we've we're we're all pretty comfortable saying that it's somewhere in the area of Argentina is where the last city is. Uh, Dino's kind of throwing that out there in the chat. And this is just another kind of tipping of the hat to yes, that's that's kind of where this is going.
1: We've always had hints it was over there, but we never had a con- confirming. Right. And then the again, to to the
0: big the big thing here is the connection to the Pacific Northwest, and now we're going south, now we're going far south, uh, you know, temperate, arid, arable, uh, you know, too many indigenous parasites. I mean, that's that's that is South America, you know, you got Argentina, that, and it's just which is interesting again.
1: because we used to believe it was in, um, like the Russian area, which part of it.
0: Right. And that was partly because of the the um, the Cosmodrome. Yeah, the Cosmodrome being the primary source of of play with the D1 story.
2: Yeah.
0: Um but then we also had references from Hawthorne when she's shuttling people from during the red war for going across the pond to the European oh. dead zone uh and stuff like that. So Yes, and um that's actually Dino actually brings up a good point. The Sinoa C- Cino- and Panama, uh the Awoken Girl that Oren ran into in the previous entry references Sinaloa Cino- C- ruins as where she comes from. So that's another geographic kind of uh flag. Um uh, so the questions she dogs, she, she, so the last entry on this particular car or this entry, uh, is again, she, you know, she, they, they call out that they awoken are here in the safe city. They are uncommon though. Exos are even rare. Most have ghosts. A few do not. And it's those mm-hmm. that Orin is most fascinated mostly because they still have their memories. Um, she she dogs them with relentless patience, asking question after question. Where did you come from? Why have you come here? Where are the rest of us? Where did you get that gun? What are those bullets made out of? Why doesn't everyone have those bullets? Do people ever move to avoid you? Do you hear voices when you're alone? Are your dreams ever like omens? If I was one of you, why didn't anyone ever come looking for me? <laughs>
1: it's like good lord, she's like the kid. But the I mean, yeah, but yeah. but
0: well, the thing that's uh, the. That's the beautiful thing right is that that's yes. exactly what she is in regards yeah. to to a social a social development standpoint she is
1: well, she is a child of all of our guardians like she is the typical kindergarten she yeah. is she's josh <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who don't know what that um Conversation. With
0: oh my god! <laughs> I'm still getting updates.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> Am I evil now? What is this? Yeah. So <laughs> she is the kindergarten. Hashtag yeah, D2 lost life.
2: Def- definitely, I have it in my old notes. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. Uh, behind all this question, I added a, "Where do babies come from?" Where did you? <laughs> yeah, basically. Come from? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, God, Talk about that debate. That was a question
2: brought up recently. Oh God. Oh anyway I think Josh should try to answer. that. Oh no no
0: no, 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 you'll get you'll nope okay, so Queen's law is a uh-huh. dangerous. that's a dangerous road that you you don't want to go down. um Queen's Law is really where you get an uh, the beginning of a heartbreak. uh so this is the introduction of Namke Namke sin uh who will go to deliberately break the queen's law which is the queen's law is uh the exile of the awoken who chose to to uh go to earth um and then you know basically he come he brings her back which breaks the law um he returns with Orin, or he returns to the Reef with Orin in tow, uh, but is caught by the Paladins. Uh, the Paladins then, because they obviously see Orin, sure finds Orin because she's in custody, and she actually brings her before Mara, where Mara gives her the opportunity to um, learn about her previous life and the events that have occurred since her departure from the Reef. Um this is also really quick to explain why the Risen were so trigger-happy when they ran into Awoken. Uh, we see this actually kind of called out with Namki uh, in the first portion of this entry. <clears throat> we see Namki trading the technology from his rifle, a Tiger Spite auto rifle. Uh, he trades the technology to the engineers on the last city so that they can reverse engineer the manufacturing techniques to allow him to then uh, get the parts that he needs to repair his ship so that he can uh, recover the crows that he has been sent to recover and take them back. Um, And so there's, there's basically a trade, a, a a technological vacuum that is being filled, and this is why the risen, who were so trigger happy with Oren, with the other Awoken that were called out as being found to be dead, is because the Awoken have sufficiently advanced technology compared to what the rest of humanity really has at this point. So, and I think Chat, I think Dino was the one that said they're basically just walking loot box loot drops, like. You you <laughs> take down an Awoken, you're going to get some tech that is beyond anything that you currently have access to on the planet. I'm also
2: I being think corrected. That
0: was, um... I'm also being that was corrected fun. on pronunciation. The I, I love the
2: invitation of the nine. Uh, her pronunciation was mentioned in in one of these uh, still, uh, the still character model scenes with mm. uh Orin and uh, Drifter. Uh yeah it, mm-hmm. it was I believe
0: num- num- Namchi. Namchi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She yeah. Uh, I just I personally like Shur's uh <laughs> greeting. Woof.
2: <laughs> I mean <laughs> Mara's gonna hate this.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: I also love her last uh comment. Yeah. <laughs> <It> just...
0: <laughs> My man. <laughs> My man. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, you broke the law, my <laughs> man. You know you broke Gosh. the law, right? Yep, my man. She's um, so ornery. <laughs> I, just, I, I love her. Oh, like the character that they present with her is just so great. Um, and, and so we also kind of get a sense of a little bit of um, muscle memory within this entry with Oren's perspectives, because the 20th entry 26, uh, is basically, um, only, only Oren is allowed in to meet Mara and Oren immediately says, I knew you like there, there's like, she, uh, she doesn't really remember, but she knows it's like that, that ghost of a memory. She knows that she, it's a deja vu. She knows that she knows Mara. She just doesn't remember how she knows Mara. Oh,
1: God. Black flag. Don't ever tell her that.
0: <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And so basically, then it goes on. Uh, Nam Chi is uh, his punishment is a sentence of five years. So we get a time frame here five years indentured servitude. Uh, for smuggling Orin into Reef Holdings, uh, which they then gently buffer that with, oh, they let him pick his detail and negotiate his salary. So I don't really... I mean,
1: it couldn't be that bad.
0: I, I, I'm like, so wait, is he getting punished or what? What like?
1: <laughs> he has to take a vacation from yeah, work by yeah. working exactly what he wants to do. Oh my
0: gosh, yeah. it's so funny. Um so yeah, and so then Orin goes, Orin's is not so simple, uh, she, and it says, She is not who she was, so after vigorous philosophical debate, it is decreed that she cannot be held accountable for her past oaths, but she engaged in witting trespass, aided and abetted by a learned civilian, and for that she must sacrifice a boon, an unnamed future debt of the crown's choosing. Which I mean, any of us who know Mara or anything of Mara is—that's not entirely surprising. Um, so yeah, uh, and that—and that's really—and then she's she's basically returned to Earth because she's not she's not an awoken in the eyes of the Reefborn. She's a, she's a guardian and she's also from Earth. Um, so they return her to Earth to to think. Mm. Um, let me see. I don't think I had anything. So yeah, we had a couple references: galliots and Hildian. Um, those are the ships. The ships.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ships.
0: Uh, plasteel and spin metal. Spin metal. Most people who play D two will probably recognize that term. Uh, plasteel. Uh, is a, another element. Uh, it was much more prevalent, or at least clearly in D1, prevalent was... in Deer 1. Um, it's still present in D2. It's just not as overt in its presence. Um, there was the Vestian Outpost, which we do not have access to in D2, right? Because it... Yeah, right. No. Um, sorry, I'm trying... I'm Man, can you tell it's been a while? <laughs> um, so, well, we kind of do because we go to... The, well, Prison's not in the well, best well, outpost, but anyway, we have
2: access to much more. Right, right. That, that was just an outpost, so.
0: Um. Yeah, and then the only other one that I found rather interesting was a, a term, and I'm trying to find which part of here because it's inter inter am, interamnia, um, and I think that's a location. Yeah. The locate uh entry twenty four, they are scarcely half a day's burn towards interamnia before they are intercepted by galleots painted in the queen's colors. Um now inter interamnia I don't believe has been referenced anywhere. It seems to be a part of the reef. Um I know it's it's referencing somewhere what
1: about the bastion
0: outpost uh well i'm trying to figure out interamnia is referred to as there's forges to the forge of interamnia is mentioned when petra is raised to wrath and then also in azurim's oh man azurum um oh. <clears throat> he recounted yeah, Azuram recounts his many regrets at deceiving the kind merchants in the capital city of Interamnia. So Interamnia must be the, the yeah. capital city of the awoken areas or the reef. Yeah.
1: Sorry.
0: Um yeah, and Dino is making the point that there is a period in which um Orin is being held in the reef. I'm trying to see. Uh and in the time that passed, uh, quite a bit has happened to to uh the city. Uh we had six fronts, Iron's Bane, faction wars, and uh the Vanguard has evolved and formed. Um And we'll also, when she comes back in, when she sees the city again in the next entry, which is called Debt, she finds the Pilgrim Guard is back. And they are now being called Guardians, not just whatever they were before. Um, Yeah. So, and and I'm trying to think. uh, Yeah, so... Uh, let's see. Twenty-seven. The revelations. Oren has never such, uh, sel- never such felt such f- profound sense of schism. Not when learning that most mortals would sooner swallow cyanide pills than come face to face with the risen, nor that the elixney were once abandoned by the traveler, nor that almost all warlords are light bearers. Which is an interesting call out on that part, um, because that yeah. indicates that there are some warlords that are not light bearers.
2: Did we um, did we have a reference to that like the, someone I
0: like I I mean like the only thing that comes to mind for that particular one is the red moon entries because we never get a clear indicator uh, that the the yeah. warlord that is mentioned there is a risen I get the feeling that he was or she was but we we I'm trying to think I don't think we ever got a full declar- or full clarification on that one um yeah. but it's nice to know that you know that it's not something that just because you're a warlord you're risen like i i think that's a that's an interesting which it also makes sense um yeah, yeah. uh um, but yeah
2: something that I, uh, that i found quite funny is um so in, the earl- uh, in the earlier entry uh, at the end she had so many uh, all these questions uh about bullets uh where they're coming from mm-hmm. uh, and then it starts with like she talking with the Namshi uh sitting on an ammunition crate oh yeah
0: yeah thing. oh that's right yeah what are these these <laughs> are where they came from
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um all right so okay all right so next up we have debt, which is what I just referenced. Uh, so the entry of debts is basically it intro, it intro introduces the fact that everyone seems to know the Pilgrim guard. Now, uh, their numbers yeah. have quintupled. So they're, I mean, they're growing. Um, and Oren is glad to see her friends doing well, but does not rejoin them. Um, so she returns to Earth. It's been uh, Dino. Dino helped clear this up. Uh, the when she left, the Pilgrim Guard was leaving for an eighteen-month expedition to the north. When she got back, the Pilgrim Guard was basically back. So it's been a year, and in that year, year and a half, quite a bit has happened, as we kind of mentioned. Um, and so we got there, and. Then Orin returns and basically she stays on earth for the five years that Namchi works to pay his debt for breaking Queens law. Now, as soon as he is released, he returns to, to her. And basically they spend the next few centuries journeying across the inner planets, searching for answers to most of Orin's questions. Uh, and this yeah. is early. I mean, they say that they are, they are deliriously happy in centuries past. Um,
2: yeah, it's quite a lot of time,
0: right? And I think that was kind of another thing that to me was interesting because, like, uh, Orin, Orin is a guardian; she's arisen. Uh, yeah, Namchi is not. So we have again an indicator <laughs> then they go other honeymoon, right? Uh, they they have an indicator here that while the Awoken <laughs> are truly no longer immortals, they still do have an, a very extended lifespan.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that is um interesting. It's um Yeah, maybe it's just that that they have uh you know, similar to how humans used to have like a tripled life mm-hmm. lifespan and this is like a XXL version of that.
0: Right.
1: We don't even know how long an Awoken will live after coming out of the distributary
0: right you're right and we yeah, know that they're yeah. so so they're bouncing around the inner the inner planets for a couple <laughs> of centuries um and then and then and dino and i are chatting about this in chat and then Sh- when sure dies this is another kind of sync point for our timelines because we know yeah. sure died right before the reforce um right. and so the reforce and then twilight gap and that whole stuff but the important thing here is when Shur dies this is when mara calls in her debt um and it's called out that this is the first time mara dares to trust a guardian but it will not be the last uh and so she returns um she returns to mara's side and she is given a strange coin that is found and so the strange coin real quick um we don't have strange that coins Right?
1: Nope. So back in D1, there used to be a currency that you used to purchase the powerful items from uh, Zur, the guy with the tentacle face, which were exotics and they were strange coins. You had to give him so many strange coins to purchase that item. These strange coins were a currency that were pretty much reflective of the nine in general. So Mara hands her a strange coin, which we no longer have, but. You know back in d1 we did
0: mm-hmm. um and so yeah. and so they basically it presents a mystery uh and queen the queen is calling in Orin's debt to discover the answer to and and it's interesting for me because Orin <laughs> leans on her warhammer and is is in mara's chamber and mara says i need to know who killed her and Orin's response is to know or to see them killed (laughs) um so yeah and and so and that's when mara kind of reigns in her temper and says first to know i'm not sure it was a murder and so, again, kind of what we were talking about in the intro session with the Nine and their understanding of the concept of death. Mm-hmm. And then Oren's argument against them not understanding what death is. This is kind of another eventual nod to that. And then <laughs> I'm going to let Green explain what happens next because, well, I think Green likes this part.
1: As far as The Orin. zur
0: The Xur. And the explanation of why Zer stands
1: funny. Oh my gosh! Okay, so Zer got. Pummeled. So okay,
0: real, real quick, to reiterate for everyone who might think that Oren is a really tall person, Oren is not a very tall person. <sighs> if you look at the emissary, that is Oren. Emissary is itty bitty, like
1: yeah, so, she's continue, not very Green. big, but she she's got a big personality. Like seriously. She can. She oh, yeah, drifter yeah, yeah, yeah. with personality, but and uh, she's got
0: her mohawk. Don't forget her mohawk.
1: She does her very her very pretty purple mohawk. So the search sends her deep into a cave. Um, she has to kind of remind herself not to immediately just punch the snot out of them, but she kind of forgets it. She snarls. She just. She's just losing her temper. Her ghost corrects her. Gull corrects her a little bit. And she has her warhammer and strikes him hard in the chest. It is like hitting a ball off of a tee. There is no resistance. He crumbles off a dewy boulder with a sickening crunch. That is his spine. He will never, never stand straight again. And as he hits the ground, a tarnished silver jar slips from his fingers. The sound echoes as it bounces away into the dark. So she literally just basically, if you like watching Ruby from Rooster Teeth, she's Nora. She literally oh my takes gosh. And yeah, it in it his is. chest. Like, nope. Food fight. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Nora smash, exactly. She is she's she's intense. But yes, she she cripples her. And now he's hunched over. My will is not my own, yeah, neither is your spine, apparently, because you gave that up to Oren <laughs> years ago.
0: He chromes off a dewy boulder.
1: I just I just want to know he's like
0: I just yeah. love the fact that we that that they gave us the actual the description of why he is so wonky shaped. <laughs> Like <laughs> this
2: is completely
0: unnecessary, but I appreciate it so much.
2: Yeah, it's also like uh the accurate, like specific reference to the president. He yeah. will never stand straight yeah, again. He, so you, yeah, the, yeah. You're
0: never getting out of here. Um now my question here, and this is this is actually another thing that I was trying to figure out, um, was is the idea that the silver jar is her silver jar, or was this a silver jar that Zer had?
1: That I was, yeah, that was is the former is what I was. Interpreting.
0: So, you interpret it as this is hers,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: It could be a totally different one because we have the, the story about the what was it, the red box that mm-hmm. will come well, of that box back.
0: Yeah, that and you know, dust dust returns, it ever returns. hmm
1: mm-hmm. Well that's the last line in what, the mm-hmm. last card or this card? No, this that's card, this
0: card, card yeah. Ah. But yeah, that's that's the only thing on this card that I I, I can't quite put my finger on because I can't yeah, all, I can't remember yeah. when she loses the other the you know, the the other one
2: yeah- uh I guess yeah I can't remember Go. when was the last time she was
0: she mentioned it right yeah that's what i I keep like I keep going back I'm like, where is it and it's like you know she has it when she's human, she has it when she's awoken the last yeah. thing i remember did she lose it when
2: she got killed?
0: That's what I was just about to say. I think it might have been the last one was right True. before the the risen killed her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because uh, so that that's like a funny spin. Maybe this explains how Xur, uh how Zur uh, gets his inventory of like oh god oh no oh. he's actually he's
0: actually deadarians. going and collecting oh, the,
1: oh no. no he's a grave robber <laughs> that makes so much more sense for the cloak and the tentacle face
2: oh. the trash collector yeah.
0: I mean, it, it oh works, yeah. Gosh. One man's trash that's, is another man's treasure. That's so they, They're obviously so not true. using it anymore.
1: Maybe that's all his job has ever been with the nine. It's just picking things off of dead bodies.
0: Go go research the yeah. dead people. Oh, you can make a profit too? Yeah, that's acceptable.
2: <laughs> Man. Um, so I have a question here, and this is more like because of uh, how English isn't my first language. So I mm-hmm. need more clarification on this here. Uh the geological terminology here in uh, thirty three, the search center deep into a sublunar cavern. Mm-hmm. Is this term- uh, terminology used for like um to describe, you know, any moon or is this actually a reference to our moon, like lun-
0: Luna? Uh, it, so in like so there there's a there's a reg- there, oh, okay. Uh, sublunar is usually within the moon's orbit and subject to its influence. Um, mm-hmm. Within Aristotelian physics and like ancient Greek astronomy, there was a reference to what's called a sublunary sphere. Uh, and that yeah. was basically the, the um, geocentric cosmos below the moon. So basically mm-hmm. um the, that's where the four elements existed. so you had Earth, water, air, and fire. Uh, that yep. would be the sublimary sphere. so I okay. think if if i'm if I'm remembering this correctly, it is specific to
1: our moon. Okay there's three different definitions. There's the specific to our moon on the earth. there's characteristics of or pertaining to the Earth, like a terrestrial thing. Or the the third one, which he was talking about with the mundane or worldly concept, the Aristotelian mm-hmm. the the. one.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. If it's uh, something like, you know, the word solar, mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: which originally derived from the word soul. But, uh, you know, it's just... A, it can you mean
1: know, star. It can like mean things. any
2: star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <Chat>. <laughs> because it, I find it suspicious that she didn't find any enemies. That's why.
0: Was... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Chat's still on the grave robbing thing. Your friends like these arms. <laughs> have these arms.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: The man wants you to have them. My is not my own. That's what...
0: I'm merely a trash Something, collector. Um... No, no, oh. you're not. You're a morbid... <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that needs to be like a, a comic now. <laughs> oh
0: gosh! Just Zer wandering a graveyard. All oh, the prophet.
2: Um, um, something uh, else uh, interesting uh, also in thirty three uh, when Zer says, "Forgive them," he reacts, and then she she crushes his windpipe in his face. This phrasing is important. It, it uh, reappears later on, mm-hmm. uh, which I find uh, quite interesting. Very cu- curious.
1: Forgive um, them.
2: No I mean the like uh, the the crushing uh, windpipe uh. in face like that specific phrase crushing windpipe uh she uses uh she uses that later on uh, the phrasing to to describe something um but yeah I wonder what is he referring to here forgive them
0: I think Something he's referring or to. Or about to do, or... I think it's. Uh, I think again, it goes back sure. to the nine not understanding death.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I would. I, I, mean, I that's think an that's... interpretation. I think that's a fair interpretation of it. Right. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's
0: yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So. Want to jump to
2: synesthesia?
0: Synesthesia. Which is I just like a, is yeah, just a fun thing. word in general.
1: It's a fun, yep. I don't know, do you, would you call it a condition?
0: It is a condition, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so basically, it's uh, synesthesia is a condition in which one sense, for example, hearing, is simultaneously perceived as if by one or more additional senses, such as sight. So basically, this is you can literally see sound or taste mm-hmm. color
1: um oftentimes you'll hear if you're like in a college setting you'll hear that like one of your classmates if they're a musician will see the symphony they'll see colors above the symphony mm -hmm. while it's being played
0: yeah and it's it's it sounds nice it's not um
2: yeah it's it's not at all
1: disorienting i'm sure yeah tasting things too you can taste things taste things and then be... I think oh. it's
0: the other another really common one is taste words or feel a sensation when they smell certain scents um, oh. and I think uh, actually blue Sonia actually has a form of synesthesia synth- with uh, concepts of time because I've had that conversation with them like nice. the the way that they perceive the passage of time is, Trent. It's a it's a how did they explain it? Uh, It's it's like they they can recognize time as a as a line, but the transitory properties of it is is warbled. So they had like it's not it's sure it, and ask about that. Yeah. It's really, it's a really, inter- like it's really interesting. I had, a, I had a really, really cool conversation with them. Um, um
2: I, I have that with uh, emotions. Okay. Um, which is, um, so according with my um, former, uh, my old therapist, I have a new one. Um, uh, it's a part of my autism, um, mm-hmm. with the way my perception works, and um, specific colors, uh, makes me feel like specific emotions like with with no seemingly no reason uh and also vice versa when i feel something like very strongly um my vision feels like i have a, a specifically colored shade on really so uh, like the glasses. the
0: proverbial like seeing red
2: yeah yeah kind of yeah but the the issue is it's not static it's not like uh, every emotion has its specific color it changes Oh wow. Um wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh,
1: um that would make things very interesting at times, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, it's, it, it's definitely yeah, sometimes I don't realize it and then other times uh, especially if um I find the color blue very uh, calming. Yeah, I try. Uh, uh <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry, I... sorry. <laughs> uh, um, (laughs) and uh, and that can be irritating when I feel something like uh, when I'm angry Mm -hmm. for some reason, everything's blue, and that is very irritating sometimes. Oh, that's so. So, like,
0: you you your emotion, and then you you see blue, which is is that like a is it a a a mental coping technique? Is it trying?
2: Uh, like. that's that's what my therapist thinks because uh usually when I talk about these things i I always try to like avoid the situation mm-hmm. uh, like i try and, uh, i'm trying to come up with something to get out of it, so that's probably like a um, kind of like a visual representation of that uh like i'm trying okay. to evade the situation
0: right right or you or you're just trying yeah. to yeah like to alleviate the tension or the the um uh the the stress the... yeah
2: because some somewhere in my uh like subconscious uh i know how to to be calm and that's kind of what i'm craving in that moment so mm-hmm. that's probably what my brain's trying to tell me
0: trying to trying to true uh, yeah that's
2: oh man that's interesting yeah
0: okay before i get before i get completely stuck on this yes sorry
1: experiences a sense of this um she basically starts hallucinating as well on top of so uh she sees namchi and she when she reaches for namchi she feels as if she's falling into him being pulled through him and she's got a lot of other things going on there's colors there's her number color synesthesia to goal. She was trying to describe it. She's starting to see the number nine everywhere and purple. And it just becomes kind of a thing blue. Do you want to keep going with this one?
0: Well, and I think, yeah, I mean, and kind of, kind of actually what we were just talking with very, a little bit about it's, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, to, Continue, Hope. and yeah, to continue walking through life when you're experiencing constant walking hallucinations, or experiences that are constantly in her mind pushing her to try to to continue the search for zur and the Nine. Um, and then on top of all that, uh, we have an additional traumatic event with the death of Namchi. Um, yeah. uh, Which we Namche... know about yes, we uh, do, and it's traumatic as everything be gosh man Bamberga was a very rough read especially when you find when you get to that point and you're like oh oh no that's you like this is bad yeah um so Namchi is one of the individuals who was stationed on the uh the station of Bamberga when it basically kind of imploded uh, something happened and no one really knows what happened, but they all died. Uh, and there, there is an actual entry called Bambergo that, that has the, the death of Namchi, the last message of Namchi. Um, let me real quick, I'll pull it up. Uh, because this is one of the, one of the harder ones that I've had to read really was because it is near the end. It's the, the only message It says, Oren, it's me, it's Namchi." I don't think I'm coming home, baby. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm, I just want to tell you that I love static.
2: Yeah.
0: So it's like, it's a literally, they are, uh, the mistress, mistress. So this is, this is arguably possibly the nod to a a one, one, three. Um, yes. And I think Dino is saying that they believe, yeah, Aphelian. the, it is the aphelion incidents. Um, a mistress again is there's i i kind of get the feeling that this might be connection to a113 which was way 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 back at d1 uh one of the very old mystery cards that we never ever really got a conclusion to uh which also then goes back to the 9 and mm-hmm. osiris actually yeah. um But yeah, so, and she is actually, um, she actually doesn't learn about Namchi's death for months. Uh, And when she, when she, oh, that's right. She is on Bamberga when she reads the transcript of Namchi's last words, and that's Mm -hmm. when she runs into Wu Ming. Now, also
1: known as Drifter.
0: Also known as Drifter. Now, here's. Not at
1: this point necessarily, but.
0: Right. But we do know that Wu Ming was the name that he went by during the Iron Lords. Um, mm-hmm. Now, a intriguing call out here is that in Oren's telling of this, this is the initial point of contact for her with Wu Ming. According to Drifter, this is actually the second time they encounter each other. They ran together for a time in the Pilgrim Guard. And she knew him as Eli at that time. And the reason that he remembers her is he comments that he knew a lady with a snake tattoo on her forearm when they first encounter Mm -hmm. each other. And that comment snaps Orin out of the haze that basically her learning of Namchi's death had put her in. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Drifter also has a, a very, very strong hunger for the stories that she has. Um and she responds in kind with just this raw honesty and that kind of appeases in both of them, something that they need. Uh, Drifter actually, I, I argue, I still argue that Drifter lets his guard down with, with Orin. Um, and Orin obviously lets her guard down with Drifter or with Eli or Wu Ming, whichever one you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to further connect drifter and orin the snake tattoo is actually the inspiration for the motif of gambit Uh, that is explained in the outlawed reaper mark and drifter uh, calls it out he says uh, she was a snake the first time he met her, the starkest thing about her was her tattoo, a snake coiled on her arm. He would remember that snake when he realized he needed a symbol to motivate the masses in another lifetime for a game he called Gambit. Um, And so this is also also call out that Oren is one of the only things or one of the only ones that uh, I believe his little pickup line about would you like to dance? uh actually worked
1: wait where, where does he say that
0: outlawed reaper mark so hang on oh uh, gotcha so reaper
1: she, Mark. Got yeah
0: yeah yeah uh she knew him then as eli and the second time he met her he asked would you like to dance before you go not now she had said wait what did you think i said he asked would you like to dance she repeated i would love to he said and stepped forward with his arms in the air she chuckled. He paused. This has never worked before, he said. <laughs> and that's and then he joined her in the pilgrim guard.
1: Um. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like every guy who's ever tried like this terrible pickup line just hoping it works and then just, just doesn't know what to do when it does happen. Mm.
0: Um and then as far as her memory of the tattoo, the origins, uh, she says on the sunbreak gauntlets that she doesn't know she had it when she was resed. Uh, so she doesn't really recognize where it was at the time. Now, I'm assuming she, once she becomes the emissary, she probably has regained that memory. But as far as we know, we don't really get a explanation of why she has the snake tattoo. <clears throat> um, Let's see...
1: After, the, yeah,
0: and so then so, at the, oh yeah, go for it, go for it.
1: let like, um, She runs into him. She basically crawls to his campfire with the grief of it. And
2: uh,
1: as Blue was saying, Wu Ming is hungry for her stories. So she just basically, she's kind of numb and just telling the stories and getting it out and everything. And they're kind of drawn to each other out of either loneliness or just comforting each other through this whole thing. And they make excuse after excuse to meet each other again, having conversations. Well, all this whole time, just to keep in mind, she's experiencing all this anesthesia with the numbers and the colors and everything. And then there's a cry out about lies, lies, lies. He's not named, he's named man named Eli, a man named Dresden Hope, a man named the Drifter. He's not vulnerable. He's a paranoid con man, dead, hardened murderer, and just. A lot of uh, that section in particular, section 41, seems to be very her. I don't know if it's her fighting herself on this whole thing. I don't know. It's hard to tell, like, why she's so upset about this in particular. Because we see that argument that she has she gets really upset about the whole thing with drifter during the invitation of the nine
0: yeah and i think um part of it i think also stems back to because if you read sunbreak mark you see goal say i tried to tell you i'm sorry i'm so sorry and so, and and this and sunbreak mark actually gives a bit of detail from uh, I believe it's from the Drifters' perspective of mm-hmm. their introduction. Actually, no, it's it's not. It seems that it's almost from Oren's perspective because it says she chews on her lip and a sensation causes her mind to buzz with the same number over and over: nine, 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 and it's just like repeated,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: um. And this is also where we find the location from of where she was resurrected. Uh, She says, Goal res me somewhere east of New Wolge, made my way south from there. And uh, this is also where he makes the comment about the tattoo on the snake, and that's where she, like, she claps her hand protectively over her upper arm covering her tattoo. And all at once, the buzzing stops. So, like, that statement... uh, and and Wu Ming, drifter at the beginning of this this particular entry the sunbreak mark he it's explained Wu Ming is being careful and slow like he's snipping the wire on a bomb like he's picking up that there is something going on with her with with all the synthi- synthesia and mm-hmm. that there is something bugging her um so there's there's that, and then you know, and then I think in the invitations of the nine, she goes on, to, he goes on to say something about like he knew uh Namchi.
1: Namchi.
0: Namchi, not whatever.
1: Namchi. Yeah, you're right. I said it wrong that time. You're just, you're right. <laughs> Give it thirty seconds. Dino will correct me.
0: Anyway, yeah sorry and i'm I'm reading chat because they're talking about this a little while and and then yeah and, and this is kind of dino saying this as well is like we're also competing with the fact that orin probably only knows what most of the public knows about the shadows of yore which is you know guardians who worship the most vile guardian to ever live uh you know and so basically dino's like it's like learning that your friend whom you're growing close to is equivalent of a neo-Nazi like it's like whoa whoa like and and you know that's where you kind of snap back into uh Synthesia where you kind of like you know he he's like he tries to tries to explain that to her and you know she is also i would dare say probably not in the best frame of mind at this point um
1: and so there's then also, yeah go for it. beyond beyond that there's kind of the very last section of this section 42 it's almost as if it's the the tr- acceptance of the transformation aspect starting
2: mhm
0: i would yeah and that's <laughs> dino dino saying that as well um
1: that she's she's gotten to this point both mentally and i i would imagine at least partially physically through the changes in her mind itself the synesthesia the amount of the nine the interaction of the the snake tattoo if it's actually uh, a mental thing or something more beyond that and then you have the schism she leaves and so too does the light the severance is absolutely and it's terror. She has not felt such a profound sense of schism. So she's literally through this separated from the light completely. Like it's cold. It can be mended. Orin is not your name. And um, important factors in that section in particular is that it's, and it's really hard to describe because it's done um, visibly. And a lot of the nine cards we have, uh, formatting that is very particular towards aspects of the nine, I would call it.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: all lowercase or all uppercase or um, all like first letters capitalized or whatnot. It's just lots of different styles of. There's two different styles of formatting that happens in this. One, which is the capitalization of everything in the word schism. Also with kind of a space in between each of the letters. And then the second one, which is the all lowercase. And then just like the proper text at the very end, which could also be read as one of them as well. So the nine actually somewhat talking, if nine, if the nine can actually talk. But it's just a way for the writers to distinguish them. Yeah. Which leads us to our last card. Blue.
0: Nice card. Scales. Scales. I love this card. Um so scales is the culmination of uh of orange kind of transformation, which is I think a I, I like the 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 synergy that's going on between the names of the cards and what's actually happening with them. I, I think that's really strongly done here. Um she is given the name Orn the Lost by the Techens when she makes her final, basically her final departure. And it is noted that she traverses beyond the Heliopause, finding the Nine and shedding her sense of self one last time to become the emissary of the Nine. Uh, and basically part of that shedding is, it seems to be, the, the removal of goal. Uh, so we had a scene within Mystery and Potential, the second visit. Uh, where you see her hovering before the the nine with goal, and then as she's talking, the ghost falls to the ground. Yeah,
1: that was such a scary...
0: I just I I'm sorry. the 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 reason I chuckle is because all I can remember from that is there was one person, there was we one person who had a YouTube video or he had a YouTube clip uh-huh. of him running up and like punching the ghost, and he managed like he just accidentally timed it just at the same time that it it dropped, and he literally sent the ghost like flying, and like on the video he just freaks out. He's like, oh no, no, I didn't mean it, ghost. Oh no it was it
1: was pretty amazing it
0: was like i'm like i i died laughing it was so funny um <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah uh real quick uh here scales the 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 basic here is the last the very last thing that i really love um So the final entry is 45 and it says she sheds herself and emerges anew in the glimmering scales of her old lives. An immigrant, a translator, an emissary, a hammer of judgment. They expect to claim her will, but she clenches it a little tighter. Her gifts can end wars. So again, call back to the whole beginning of this whole thing when she was introduced as the awoken to the diastrom. And and she learned that she could speak. She has what's the capital capital S speech. She's able mm-hmm. to to take you know because what was it? Anyone can stop a fight, but she was able to take it and and actually start to heal the wounds that were in that fight that were caused by that. Um. Now there's a couple other little little tidbits that I found kind of intriguing. Uh, there's a call-out to a Phaeton Backscatter scanner, a Jade Coin, uh, and Queensfoil. So, real quick, Queensfoil is... So, there's a couple connections here. Uh, Queensfoil is a... Mm-hmm, uh, the plant which, if when properly prepared, can be used to see other planes or realms. Uh, so, this is basically how, in game, we are able to see the Ascendant Realm within the Dreaming City. However... The visions can kill you, and if it's not properly prepared, the leaves are highly poisonous. Now, the interesting connection here is Queen's Foil actually stems from Asphodelia, which is from the Black Garden, brought to Mara by Aldrin. So, your argument here is, we know that the Radioloria of the Vex can give you hallucinations, but are they, so are they, so the question starts coming up, is that hallucinations or are they allowing us to pierce the veil between the realities mm-hmm. and seeing if you're in a multiverse, your hallucinations of other things might not necessarily be hallucinations of other things, but the events of another another reality. Yeah. So that that's kind of a, a fun, fun little headache for you. Um. The Phaeton Backscatter Scanner, I think, if I remember this correctly, this is actually a callback also to Dust in which, uh, is it Lativia? I always break her the name.
2: Lavinia. Lavinia
0: Lavinia. uh, is trying to scan the tendrils of the Nine as they go through the uh, Leviathan. I think they use a Phaeton Backscatter Scanner to do that. Because they're they're looking for the uh, dark matter. And they're like, and that's when, um, is it Rior? It's like, whoa.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think they're a little freaked out with what they see, how much around there, how much the knight are interested in in callus is what it looks like.
2: Yeah.
1: So, you ready for a little tiny bit of Mm -hmm. spinfoil? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that Orin's actually going to be present to help figure out this whole thing between the darkness and the traveler
0: Mm -hmm. I've said it before but I still view the awoken as the equivalent of an engram that needs to be decrypted I think that the The awoken Awoken. are gonna mm -hmm, I think that they are a unique combination of the light and the dark and Oren as an awoken is also now blended with the third third party the nine it's just a, it's an interesting combination mm-hmm. of all of those.
2: It's uh, interesting how, how you phrase that because um, that's the whole um, um, agenda from, from Mara, like keeping everything secret. Uh, like I feel Mara is a, like a living Engram.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I mean, and, I've gotten that uh, feeling from yeah. the Awoken well, so the many queen
1: times. Is God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's literally in our colloquy, which is that first entry from earlier that we were talking about with the worm and the antennae. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Lots of mysteries with the nine. None that are solved. Welcome to the frustrations that we have all dealt with for the last five years. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna get any answers anytime soon," John Seth. Gee, <laughs> Gay. <laughs> Gay. <laughs>
0: no. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I. I mean, again, I. I would. I know, Farooq. You said you had something you were holding on until the end.
2: Yeah. Um. It's just um, so I, I I also have a spin for you. It. It's it's not like a, a conspiracy or something, but I do believe that the the nine were trying to approach Orin since the beginning. But just like failed every time. Like uh, not figured out
1: how to contact or like.
2: Yeah, especially. Yeah, and, and the thing with the I am the end of all things, uh, that oh, on like, the
1: hammer, <sighs>
2: yeah, and um, and a few other things, but um, I think that was the nine like desperately trying to introduce themselves to, to her, also like figuring out, um, like learning that she's the perfect one because she can just explain things so well, uh, which is also. Uh, frustrating the moment she gets these uh, hallucinations because how how can you explain someone what nine tastes like right uh, that that is yeah but um something like from earlier entry synesthesia uh around time unfortunately lost connection uh it's in 35 when basically when 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 we learn she's starting to get hallucinations um, mm-hmm. when she continues her hunt for the queen, she feels a crushing fist around her windpipe that's exac- exactly what she did to, uh, to Zur. yeah um, and was it was it this some somewhere it, sa- it also says where, where she um i think that was before she met sir actually um uh when when it mentions she she hunts for when she hunts for him uh somewhere it says she hunts herself uh in a i guess that was a more of a metaphor but um a lot of the things here um uh as i mentioned earlier there's like a rhythm to this uh where like things get uh, reiterated uh-huh. uh and I feel like that is kind of important to note. i feel like that's really the, the nine trying to um also the the repetitive schism uh, multiple times how she feels a schism i feel like every time she she feels that that's like the nine to, uh, like um trying to approach her trying to say hi <laughs> in a in a, in a simple if, if i can, yeah it's simple. like
0: the repetitiveness i can see that.
2: Yeah. Uh and also the the thing I feel like the narr the narration changes like from uh how she's uh so this is obviously a third person narrative but um it was at first it starts like um she uh like she, uh she's describing herself but towards the end when I first this when I read this the first time, I had a feeling at the end that this is the nine describing her uh, hmm. the whole time, like a shift, a shift in perspective. Yeah, yeah, that uh, the shift happened somewhere in between. Uh, I f- I found forty one you know, with the lies, lies, lies.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, that felt like so estranged from everything else.
1: Yeah, it's very out of character
2: at this point yeah like she is uh like suddenly i mean obviously i get why she think uh why she think that uh the drifter cannot be trusted uh i find him quite creepy to be honest Uh right. but uh it felt like someone else is convincing her to not trust him that's
0: mm, okay i see where you're going i okay
1: that it's not her voice that it's somebody else's perspective That's someone
0: yeah and that's kind of similar yeah. to what dino is saying too is like you know the nine basically tortured her for years arguably killed her husband and then when they and when basically they drove her to them they also took away goal which was her first friend and probably arguably one of the more balanced voices of reason in her experience, mm. and then now, and then they try to take her will I mean like there's a lot of things the nine are doing that are is not the most um up and up i guess would be the <laughs> the, the the best way to say that,
2: yeah um, so the thing, I don't think the nine can do that with everyone uh probably mm-hmm. not it's, uh, it's, it's just like uh, it, but she might have feel a like special made sense affinity with her. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah um it's so also like this book in general like i love this book um i love her as a character i identify myself with her actually mm-hmm. uh in, in a lot of ways i took a mediation class um Back in school, uh, because I, I I love like uh, have be being that person to like end end fights. Um, it takes a certain amount of skill,
1: that's for sure.
2: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's also like some of my friends described me as as as, as that as that kind of a person. Uh, I used to be quadrilingual. Uh, so my first language was uh, Tamil. That's uh, from my parents in uh, Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. Uh then since I, I was born in Switzerland, uh, German was my second. Uh and then eventually learned English and French in school. Uh technically took basics in Latin. Um but I, I, I don't really count that as such. But um yeah, and, and more importantly, like um besides the, the synesthesia stuff. Uh due to my autism, I don't like being surrounded by loved ones for too long uh it's uh there's something about that that creeps me out uh, eventually mm-hmm. i have to take a break uh, or just have to leave uh sometimes i don't even say why i want to leave i just do mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's just it just gets uh, overwhelming uh and yeah, it's uh, yeah. As I, I, I love this book. Uh, it's uh, I feel like I, I'm, I'm being seen here. Uh, that's why. It's uh, it's just awesome. It
1: is yeah, really nice to, have I re- a yeah. to relate with. Mm. Blue.
0: Yes, I, I have expended my, my thoughts on this particular... I have shed all the scales that I have to shed on
2: this.
1: Oh, I was hoping we could uh, shed some light on some shoutouts then.
0: Fair enough. Let us... I don't know.
1: Let us shed light together? I don't know. This is getting
0: really up <laughs> quick. Hashtag D20 Lost Light. <laughs>
1: For those people, here, here's the shout out. If you see that hashtag hashtag what was it?
0: D2 Lost Light. Hashtag I'm particularly D2 I'm particularly proud lost of
1: that one. Light. If you see that tag, or if you'd like to participate in that hashtag, basically, Blue is finding, and we found earlier with uh, stories, that one of his friends who's never played Destiny before is starting to play the game, and there's so many questions, and it's rather amusing to get these questions described to you um, I'm trying to pull one up right now. Why not am I going only... to this shard when it's crawling with fallen? Am I evil now? What is this? <laughs> like things like that, where you just don't understand what the context. The other, of it. the other one was like,
0: "Okay, okay." The elevator gag was a good one.
1: <laughs> the elevator gag. Which one was the elevator? I don't, know. I don't
0: know. I'm just waiting but... for him to hit the strike with the Russian doll version.
1: Oh my gosh, he's going to be so angry. That happens at the Shard too. Um, but if you have stories or if you know somebody who's a new person in Destiny, uh, a new light, I a welcome. Great. Thank you for joining us. Share your stories with us because it's it's fun for us to listen to and read because... We remember those days and whatnot. But it's also just incredibly funny to and reach out to somebody who's in this system, in the game and whatnot. We will do as much as we possibly can. Listen to the show, obviously. Those of you who do advanced session are probably more experienced players who've been around for a while. If not and you're a new one, good good for you. I'm sorry. It will be easier.
0: I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> it's just a bit much to take in at once, especially on a topic like this where it's a Does lot it, more.
0: Doesn't the traveler have some influence on gravity here?
1: <laughs> yeah. Gosh. So if you have questions, reach out to people. We'd love to help. We'd also love to just read the stories because it's just really funny questions to, to think about because you don't we take it for granted now because we've done this for so long. So hashtag D2 LostLight.
0: I'm telling Ooh. Bife.
1: Yes, tell Bife.
0: Um no, yeah, and actually actually speaking of that, uh big shout out to Bife because he got uh PC Gamer. Uh he got a couple of articles in PC Gamer um that are really well done. They're they're basic they're like really general uh overviews of the story so far so he had one that was kind of an intro session and then i think he i think he just did one for shadow keep um i want to say he might have one more i can't remember if i don't remember but yeah so he has they've they've published two which is i mean that's that's amazing that's so awesome i'm so happy for for mm. seeing that for him uh and this is on top of his just the ginormous four-hour youtube video that basically broke down the summary of everything that's happened from from <sighs> you know the beginning i think wasn't was that the one that brian yeah. monkus did art for uh-huh. which yeah uh,
1: monkus did a lot of art he actually had a I think four different artists work with him on that one. Well, I'm sure Marcus was one of the big ones.
0: Um, and then, uh, who, who's the, who's the gentleman who's doing the transcriptions. Cause I saw he's like halfway oh my done. Gosh. He's, he's that literally, literally walking. He's, he's the one that was like, no, after two and a half hours of nothing, but by voice green's voice is very nice. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's, he's literally, sitting there transcribing verbatim as like i mean he's watching this video over and over and over and over transcribing it um to make sure that oh, it's all trans- accurate
1: so transcribing it he's not watching it over watching oh, yeah. it well, in second like bites 10 second, 10 bites, second
0: bites yeah which i i'd almost argue is almost worse
1: it is it's it's a very very painful thing because if Bife says something a little weird and you have clarification he'll have to send it to bife to get clarification on it so bife is probably going through a little bit of pain as well luckily bife has great diction so hopefully he doesn't say anything too terribly funny
0: but yeah that's that's my shout out it's like it's just i'm i'm so glad again to see the renewed interest the excitement in the community um yeah just just awesome awesome veru what about you
2: um, yeah, I have, like, uh, two shout-outs. Um, kind of belong together. Um, so something that Bungie did, uh, or is doing right now, which is quite awesome, um, inviting, like, some experts um, oh, into the studio. Yeah. Um, I know one of them. Like, she's a streamer. Uh, her name's. I hope I'm not butchering her last name, uh, Tanya Depass, I believe. Uh-huh. and she goes by cipher of tear on twitter and uh twitch um she's like um she's a major advocate um for representation of uh people of color um uh people with uh, disabilities and um That's awesome. and also like for uh, uh queer uh, representation uh she also has an uh, i believe she she's also running a little organization uh, called I Need Diverse Games, um, which also talks about all that stuff. She she holds uh, panels every now and then talking about it, why it's important. Um, it's all like uh, specifically for the video game industry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and yeah, she, she does like some very interesting, like very good points. Very, it's very insightful. Um. So yeah, uh, she she's an awesome person. Uh, check her out. Uh, the second uh, shout out so is a uh, similar fashion. Uh, Cherry Ray. Uh, she also got invited to Punchy a while ago. Uh, mm-hmm. she's an advocate for like, uh, disabilities. Um, both of these, uh, Tanya and uh and she, uh, Cherry Ray, um, they especially provide like uh crit uh critiques for um. For the user experience, like the player experience, uh, UI of, of games, the accessibility, um, and she streams as well. Uh, and yeah, there are two like awesome people. They talk about very insightful stuff. Uh, and uh, I guess a kind of third shout out uh, because of these first two goes uh, to Bungie for for doing this for being so open minded. Uh, I mean, they they they, they kind of always were. Uh, just like it feels like they're d- d- doubling down on that right now so uh yeah nice
1: that's awesome that they brought in this like just representation like that
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah
0: and that's all we got so as as usual you know we're just gonna say goodbye
1: night Bye bye
0: Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments and or questions for the team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well.
1: So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.